Welcome to Souls and Hearts Be With the Word. This is a special occasion. This is our 50th episode. We made it to 50 episodes. Dr. Peter, we did it. High five. Yes, awesome. <laughs> and we're hitting a wonderful, wonderful reading. Uh, this is the Solemnity of All Saints. Yes. So couldn't ask for a more beautiful 50th Sunday to land on uh, for us. Uh, we have this really great episode today. Our, the, the topic is the lives we tell ourselves in our life stories. The lies we tell ourselves. I just love it when we when we yeah. catch ourselves like in that, right? We're going to get into how we lie to ourselves. Yes. Wow. Yeah. And, and we're going to bring in eventually um, narrative therapy and sort of okay. explain what that is and how you can we can maybe use that from a Catholic perspective and the lives of the saints in order to help us to change our uh, the way we see our life stories in a more uh, sanctifying way, in a way that will really transform our hearts and lead us to God. So that's what we're up to this time. Dr. Peter, the topic of stories, I know you're passionate about it. I love stories, yeah. <laughs> Me too. Uh, why is it relevant, do you think? Well, I mean, I, I, I think, first of all, when we start off as children, right? Children learn through stories, right? They, they love to, that's how they learn. They don't learn in this really linear, sort of structured way where we, you know, bring everything out systematically. No, they learn through stories. And, um, and so I think we learn about ourselves from the stories we tell about ourselves. We learn about others through the stories that we have in our mind about them. So stories, in a, in a nutshell, are essential to relationships. They're essential to our relationships with others. They're essential to our relationship with God. I've always been a big fan of stories and I wasn't even sure I was going to talk about the hero's journey, but you mentioned it earlier. And I really do the way I look at the hero's journey, which is really, um, well, I don't want to say too much, but it's sort of a pattern and a lot of stories throughout time that good story, you know, that follows the hero and what is a good story. God is the author of story. And even our biblical narrative, the old Testament story of the Israelite people, God reveals himself through story and, and, and it's powerful. And our lives are a participation in that story. And so psychologically, if we have a lot of trauma, a lot of difficult things then that, that have happened to us, our stories might become really distorted, right? Because we then transpose onto our life stories, a lot of like, Maybe cognitive distortions would be the psychological word, but lies. Right, right. right. I mean, I was thinking about ourselves as being not the authors of our stories, but the editors of our stories, right? Mm -hmm. Where we have the capacity to like change words. We have the capacity to strike paragraphs. We have the capacity to insert these lies, you know, that begin to really change the essence of our story because we didn't create ourselves and we didn't create the story of humankind. And we didn't even create our own stories, right? Mm -hmm. We've been handed certain things. We've been placed in this context, in the context of our life. Yeah. But we have this editing. We can edit. We can perceive things. And yeah. you're right. We just get that so wrong so many times because of perceptual problems, you know, interpretation problems, things like that. Well, you know, I like that editor piece. And I think that comes in later. Because I, I like people to start, though, by recognizing that they're the protagonist 
They're the main character in their story. Sometimes they're not, right? In your own story, you're the victim of everybody else's stories or something. Right. Right. right? And and you don't actually recognize you're the hero. And what right. and this is your journey. And even when there's obstacles and painful things, um, you know, this is part of our our growth and our change and our and it actually yields possibility. Right. Right. Well, can we connect it? We should connect a little to our reading. Yeah, I was thinking about, well, so you got this idea, you got the story, you got it from the scripture somehow, right? So yeah, somehow. Reading, some, so where, where was that Where was that coming to you from, Jerry? Where yeah, was that so these are powerful. First of all, we've got the revelations, which is, you know, because it's a special solemnity, the readings are a little different than right. where we've been going all year so far. So revelations, we haven't really seen. But there's just this, this depiction of, of, I guess, heaven. Right. Um, or one, there's ways of interpreting revelations, but there's this powerful depiction of heaven and the angels are there and the people in their white robes. And I thought that line, they made their, their robes white. You know, I thought that was a powerful line. Um, I thought the pure worship. So in revelations, we get the end of the story, I think. Right. And then we have, and then we got in um, the, the reading in first John, Again, I think he says, he, he speaks to them as the beloved. And just the most powerful thing, you are called to be children of God, right? And it's just so beautiful. And, and, and he says, um, we do not know that when it is revealed, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. So in other words, it's right now, the story is incomplete. Right. We're not at the end of the story yet, like in Revelations. We don't know fully who we will be because who we will be will be like him and we haven't fully seen him even so you're bringing in how story and identity are so mm. like connected yeah right yeah and you know one of the things that we're called to is to really live out our story i mean right. to, to 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 follow that calling in our life, right? So that our story becomes what it was intended to be. Yeah, I like that. But here, you know, to be called a children of God, you're, you're a child of God, right? You don't know that at the beginning of the story, you have to figure that one out. Like, like Luke Skywalker, at the beginning of Star Wars, right? In the very, the, the best one, like the beginning movies uh, from the <laughs> 70s, right? Like he doesn't know yet that he's meant to be a Jedi. Right. He doesn't know who he is. And when he discovers it, then he has to go on a journey to, to get there. But but it's, once he discovers it, he's now got a new path. Right. Right. And, and, and I think a lot of times we don't believe we're we're the child of God, truly. Right. I think we we may know that intellectually. We may have been told that in somewhere or in a church or whatever. But but do we believe, you know, we come back to God images. Right. But do we right. believe it in our heart? Right. Do we hold that to be true like this? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then we've got the gospel. So I know I'm jumping around really fast here, but we've got the gospels. And he again gives this vision of who is, who are the blessed? Who are the blessed? Who will have the kingdom of heaven? Who are called children of God? Right. And he kind of lists the qualities. Right. So those are the qualities of the saints. And we can see in them, there are people that hunger and thirst for righteousness. There are people that 
that are mourning though. Like some of the, the things we've seen here is they're persecuted. So in other words, the people who will become the saints in Revelation in, that are in heaven are, are going to have challenges and difficulties. Right, right. Absolutely. Right? It, they're going to be persecuted. They're going to be insulted. They might be mourning. Mourning is a negative emotion. So in their narrative therapy, part of the process there is to actually try to help people sit with their emotion, the negative emotions that are part of their stories. Right. Right. But people don't want to do that. Nobody wants to sit with their bad feelings because usually once you have shame, I know you've been talking a lot about shame on your corona, uh, your podcast and in your community, right. uh, which we should just mention the, the, um, yeah, the resilient Catholics Carpe Diem community grew up around the coronavirus crisis Carpe Diem podcast and in episodes 37, 38, 39, we are getting into shame and just how difficult that is because shame attacks identity, right? And it, the shame comes from a story. It comes from a story of ourselves as seen through the eyes of somebody else that wasn't mm -hmm. seeing us who, for who we really were. Yeah. yeah. And that's the whole goal of narrative therapy is to correct, at least as I understand, it, I'm not an expert in that, but it's to kind of correct that story. And the first thing you have to do is kind of even know what that story is. Right. Yeah. To even put put the story into words. You know what? OK, so what really hits me here when I think of clinical examples, because I do a lot of work with sexual abuse survivors. Right. Clinically. And I see this over and over and over and over again. And that is, first of all, to, to sit with their, that story. Right. Of the abuse uh, is extraordinarily painful. And of course, most most people don't want to do it. Right. Uh, and, and I understand that. And, and I would never want to just bring up this negative story just to sit with it. Right. But, but the problem that happens is there's so much shame or pain or anger or something that the person wants to avoid that. So they come up with a, a different story. Right. And the one I hear, and it's so incomprehensible, but it's still, and it's universal, almost universal is I'm bad. I'm bad. Right. That this happened and anybody else looking at it would go, no, you were, you were the one hurt. You didn't ask, you were a kid, right. Or something. And, and, and yet they come up with, I'm bad and it, they can't get past I'm bad. And their narrative is something along the lines of there must've been something wrong with me that I was singled out or that uh, I must've wanted that or something there. They have an, a story they're holding on to. That is what we would call in narrative therapy, a problem saturated story. Right. And I would just say it's, it's, it's filled with lies. Right. Right. It's not like the person in, is trying to lie or something. It's that it's just they're the way they've handled it, that they can't tolerate those emotions. So what we want to do is help the person sit a little with that emotion because rather than avoid it, but only to bring them to a place where they're finding new meaning in their story where they can assign something different to the story. And what's so powerful about Jesus and the gospel is that he does that constantly in all of his parables. And he does it here in the Beatitudes is that he's saying the thing that you think is bad is actually going to be the source of your blessedness. Right. We want to avoid mourning or we want to avoid being insulted. We want to avoid being poor, avoid being poor, all these kind of things. 
But in fact, he's saying, no, that can transform you. You will actually be the ones, the blessed are they who mourn for they will be comforted. Blessed are they who hunger and thirst for righteousness, they will be satisfied. This is, this is a turning. And then the awesome, blessed are the clean of heart for they will see God. And that then leaped me over to the white robes. So I guess we're walking. And so what is the process, right? You go from having a trauma to recognizing your pain, to recognizing that emotion, to then um, going through some purification process, right? Of the white becoming, the robes becoming white in order and, and recognizing your role as, as a child of God. So. So there's this, there's this process. And if you're stuck in a certain point in that, it can seem like there's just, that you're just looping, right? Mm -hmm. It could be just being stuck in the pain, Yeah. you know? And, you know, one of the things about these stories is that there's a reason we tell the stories about ourselves. I mean, for example, there's a reason why children believe that they're bad when they are abused. And that's because if they were the ones who were bad, if they became good, then the fantasy is that the abuse wouldn't happen. And there's, that gives them still mm. a sense of control. Right. Whereas to believe that I'm just a helpless in the hands of a very big, powerful other who has control over me, that's like really, really hard to, to like, it's hard to make it through the day if you accept that. So these, these uh, lies that get woven into the stories are meant to help us survive you know, mm -hmm. in, in really difficult times, but then they stay with us, you know, after we're no longer in those situations. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So, you know, what's cool about narrative therapy too, is that the therapist, when he's working with someone is looking for the metaphor that the clients use because mm -hmm. the metaphor that they use to describe themselves says a lot. And it actually, a met, because it's a metaphor, it's kind of that right brain kind of way of depicting the situation. It is something that can actually change. Right. Right. So if I, I know that um, I'm trying to think of some examples of negative metaphors that I've heard. Um, I once had a client who described themselves as being like a fish in, in a bucket by, in a boat. Like that was his metaphor for his life. And I was like, whoa, that says a lot about how he sees, you know, his situation. Right. Um, and so what happens when you bring that metaphor to light and it, it you know, you, you it helps you to understand the person's experience and what's gone on in their life and understand where the problems are. And then there's this aspect of how do we create new metaphors? Because it's kind of what's in, in our readings today are, are, are all sorts of new ways of looking at our experience that if I could see, well, say an abuse situation, which is one of the worst things we could come up with, right. It's persecution and see it as what in that can be transformative, right? If I have mourned, if I've been hurt and that God sees that and connects with us and cares about that and actually will reward us or will be with us or will comfort us, suddenly the metaphor starts to change. Right. The way we see it changing. Right. Right. A lot there. There's yeah, yeah. And 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 you know it's interesting because even though we're the protagonist in the story, we're the hero in the story. 
in the hero's journey, the hero always gets help. The hero is always wounded or he's always got these flaws, right, in the hero story. And he always gets a guide. He always gets somebody to come and help him, right? Luke Skywalker, right. to use the example. And I knew you were going to go to Luke Skywalker. You know, he's got Obi-Wan Kenobi, right, to help him in the original, in the original yeah, Star exactly. Wars. You know, and so there's always a guide. And that's that's one of the beautiful things about this story is that we're not we're not expected to pull ourselves up by our bootstraps and just suffer on alone. Right. This right. isn't, that's not our destiny. Right. You know, I love that you bring that up too, because yeah, the guide is needed, but every single one of these characters has a scar. They have a wound, right? Whether it's, I mean, uh, Luke Skywalker gets his hand cut off. Um, right. Got Harry Potter's scar on his head, or you got Achilles' heel or whatever. Every, every character protagonist has a wound. And usually that wound has a, has a role to play in their redemption, which is really interesting because all these stories aren't necessarily written from a Christian mindset. Right. And yet it's in the story. Right. It's part of the lived experience. It's part of God as the author of all story. Like it's imprinted in our souls, even that, that a wound can be, and you see it with the villains, the wound can create a villain or a hero. Right. And that's the, the, the point, like the, like you've got, okay, you want me to be really geeky? You've got Magneto from the X-Men, if you don't know about. And then the, okay, he's a villain. He was a Holocaust survivor. Okay. He, he, he was, a, he, we all, it was interesting the way they did it. Because we all knew Magneto, or a lot of us knew Magneto as a super villain and super powerful and horrible. But when you found his backstory, he right. watched his mother killed in Auschwitz. And he was, you know, he was, he was in a concentration camp and all this. And, uh, and so you realize, oh. It added nuance to him because most right. villains are not just born pure evil, right? Right, right. They, they start off hurt, right, wounded, right, and and that can become bitterness and turn into revenge, wanting revenge and wanting to lash out, or it can be transformative and turn us closer to God, which is I think what the Beatitudes are all about here today. <laughs> Well, I, I was, I was, so you were going to Magneto and I was going to Telemachus, who is Odysseus' <laughs> son. Okay. Yeah, um, Telemachus, <laughs> right. So Telemachus is, is, you know, his mother is being besieged by suitors, right, right? Who are pursuing her and consuming the substance of the family. It's been 20 years since, uh, since Odysseus left for Troy. Odysseus is coming back, you know, um, and, you know, Telemachus is at that point where he doesn't know how to hold out any longer against all of these suitors, right? But then his guide comes back, his father comes back, right? And he is able to, with his father, vanquish all the suitors, right? Rescue his mother and the family is reunited, right? Yeah. So there's that turning point for Telemachus, right? And it's his, it's it's just like his transition into adulthood too, um, yeah. Yeah. you know, so the guide is so important in the hero story and what we're, what we're, what we're, what we're inviting people to do with all the souls and hearts is to be open to that guide. You know, that, that guide being God, that guide being our lady, that guide being our guardian angel or one of the saints. We're talking about all saints, right? Could be one of our saints as well. And there are also guides here on earth, right? Guides that can help us here on earth. No, I love that. 
Uh, I love that you're bringing up the Odyssey. I could go higher brow too. <laughs> I know you can. I know you can. <laughs> because, you know, Telemachus goes out and looks for his dad, mm-hmm. you know, and because he kind of gives up and, and, and you know, and right. he goes, I think he finds that mentor, whatever, like the actual character is called mentor. Right. right? And eventually he's reunited. But um, so I love it. I love, I love the idea of like, who, who is our guide? Who is our mentor? And I think that speaks to me as having a spiritual father or a spiritual mother, like somebody in our lives would be fantastic. Um, I also think to circle it back to the saints and what we're talking about is what lives of the saints speak to our hearts? What lives of the saints help us identify their, our journey and their journey, right? And so, so many of us pick a saint because it's just maybe, maybe we heard about it or it's St. Francis Assisi or something, but do we really look at their lives and say, wow, that I'm going to invite that saint to be my mentor. Well, I have one for souls and hearts. Um, You know, St. Maximilian Colby, you know, had some of the finest printing equipment. Uh, and was using it in the battle against Nazism, right? So, you know, like he was using the best, the best of technology for the day, you know, to be able to get the word out uh, about the kingdom of God to a, to a people in a land that desperately needed it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think about that in terms of souls and hearts. We're not using printing presses very much, but, you know, here we are trying to use this technology, this new Zoom environment, this coronavirus, you know, environment where people are now actually relating more over the internet. Um, yeah, that's something that's that that sort of we're on the cutting edge of, especially with the community building that we're trying to do within souls and hearts. So, yeah. You know, so there's a connection to a saint that comes very readily to mind for me right there. And that's what he was trying to do, build community through the printed word. Right. So. Yeah, no, I absolutely love it. I, I, I mean, I know a lot of people are familiar with him, but I always love St. Augustine. And uh, I just love it that he, uh, you know, reading his confessions, it's one of the earliest and first major life of the saints that I'd ever read. I actually read in high school a long bus ride across Canada <laughs> and, uh, and just fell in love with him because to me, he was so interesting because he was so heady and he was trying out all these different things, all these different philosophies and he learned rhetoric and all this. And, and, and yet he was living kind of a wild life and, right. and all these different things and, and his passion, once he found God and he experienced grace, his passion, like he really like to read his writings. I just feel like there's no, you can read some of the theological stuff, but when you actually read his story, you can tell he is one of those, he's of clean of heart. Like he got to a place, he hadn't been necessarily no, before, but right. he got to a place of being thirsting, hungry for righteousness and, 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 and wanting to have a clean, of, clean heart. So somebody that lived his life can get to that level of passion and just love for like ultimately just in love with God, like there's hope, right? There's a lot of hope for well, me. and he found a guide. He found, Ooh. you know, he found a guide. Was it right? Anselm? Anselm. I or Ambrose. So. Okay. I, you know what? I get the eight saints mixed up sometimes. Right. Right. I think it was Ambrose actually. And, yeah, I think it was Ambrose, and then and then he became a guide, right, for so many other people's journeys, right? And so it's like, wow, that's yeah. beautiful. Oh yeah. yeah. 
We, we don't want to underestimate the importance of the guide. We do. We do. Some people want to think that it's just going to be Jesus and me or God, the father and me. And that's, you know, maybe if you're a hermit, that that might be how it has to go. But most of the time there's a, a mediated experience, right? Because God wants to involve us in the salvation, not only of our own souls, but of the souls of others. Yeah. Yeah. When, what comes to my mind, because I've shared a little of my story throughout our, our podcast and I mentioned it before, but was that priest that I met in college, Father John, right. who was just a, a, a place where I was able to find some healing, share my story, have that be affirmed and understood and empathized with and, and given resources and support. And I mean, it's what I needed desperately that God gave me that. And I'm so grateful uh, for that, yeah. for him. I'm curious if you have any mentor example examples come to mind you know this is this mine has been more um has been more diffuse in other words there wasn't sort of one key figure but there were a number of figures each that helped me in a particular way um and uh and so so it's more um it's more mixed like that um but yeah i mean definitely because you know none of us make it on our own you know and we have to be able to accept the flaws in our in our guides too. I mean, that's been part of the issue for me is that I have not liked flaws in my guides, um, and <laughs> that can lead me to 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 be a little too um, a little too critical, you know, not realizing that God loves to work through, chooses to work through people that are imperfect. Yeah, you know, it's funny. Um, another one that's coming to my mind. Um, was Pope John Paul II. And I know he, a lot of people feel that way. But for someone who was fairly fatherless, um, he just emanated to me growing up because he was the Pope from, through most of my right. life. Right. Um, he, eman- he was just seemed like gentle, fatherly compassion. And um, I just, well, it's funny. I'm in the room today because my son's in my normal space. And he's right behind me. I love Father John, uh, Pope John Paul. Yeah. And you know yeah. what? And and you know what? There, he may have also had imperfection. I know he's a saint now and everything. So I know on that level, he's he's among the blessed. But as a human being, he wasn't perfect. None of us. Right. Are. Right. None of us are. None of our mentors are going to be perfect. And that's hard. <laughs> it is. It is. And and but that's also by design so that we don't make them into idols. Yeah. Right? And so when there are failures, you know, maybe there's a, a moment of insensitivity, a lack of attunement, a, you know, a harsh word or something like that. Um, you know, that works together for the good so that we don't turn them into the object of our adoration. Yeah. Right? Because that's reserved for God. Yeah. So the overall message, though, that I think is important and whether we access it directly through Jesus or as angel saints and so on is that I think the message that I'm getting really loud and clear and, and what spoke to me in these readings and why I, we decided to kind of look at narrative therapy and the issue of stories is that Jesus turns our shame-filled, our anxiety-ridden narratives of our lives into stories of redemption and transformation. And, and sometimes we don't always see it because we're somewhere on that path, right? Like, 
when we're Luke Skywalker and the Death Star and we're the tra trash compactor is squishing us, <laughs> right? We don't, we're not recognizing in that moment that Jesus is transforming my life, <laughs> right? But we can, in hindsight, look at the whole thing. Even when Jesus, I'll go with Luke again, is fighting, uh, you know, Darth Vader in that little, that little um, cave on that little planet with Yoda. And, and he has his head and we realize it's a dream sequence, but he's recognizing that he's has to face himself and all this business, like all those moments are challenging and sometimes heart wrenching, you know, when he discovers who his father is and everything like there, our life story is going to have challenges. Mm -hmm. And yet we can look at them with just, Oh, this is just a pile of rubbish. Or we can look at the stories, you know what I mean? And see the work of God transforming us. Right. And, and that's not easy to do without a guide. Right. And it's not easy to do on our own sometimes. Right. right. Oh, yeah. It's not easy. To, it's not easy to do on our own. In fact, we're not supposed to do it that way because we are supposed to be in this body, right? Uh, this body of Christ, this mystical body of Christ. Mm -hmm. But our imagination, I think, sometimes gets stunted. It gets so limited, you know, right. because maybe we've tried to do the same thing over and over again and it hasn't worked or the, the ways that we coped in the past that did help us to survive are no longer helpful to us, you know? Um, so for example, believing that I'm bad may help me through a sexual abuse situation and like have some hope of control or some fantasy that if I only became better then I wouldn't receive this abuse. But then the cost of that stays with me, right? Like the idea that I'm bad and there's nothing I can do about that can lead to despair. So there's this there's this uh, there's this uh, need to revise the story, right? This need to to correct the story to get it to conform with what's actually true and good and beautiful. Yeah, yeah, I love that. Wow. Well, I, I'd like to go to our action items because I yeah, think our action items are cool. Um, you know, I would love you know I love the idea of looking at our whole life story and. Figuring all that out. That's too much for, for a weekly action item. But what about <laughs> one difficult moment in your life? And you don't have to pick the worst moment, especially if this is sort of a new way of looking at things. <clears throat> Just pick something that is a difficult time that you've had. And I'm going to invite you to at least identify what negative emotion immediately comes up. <clears throat> Excuse me. Most, mostly there's some kind of negative emotion. It can be shame, anger, some kind of anxiety. Just sort of recognize that it's there. And then be, don't have to go deep into that emotion. I'm not asking you to like, you know, saturate yourself with it, but maybe just pause and say, okay, where do I go with that emotion normally cognitively in order to avoid it? So do I go, what, and is that a lie? Like, do I go to a problem? Do I go to a lie? Just at least try to figure out, identify it, right? If, you know, like we gave the example of, you know, I feel shame, this horrible thing happened. I'm bad, right? Is the emotion, uh, is the lie. The emotion might be shame and the, and the thought is I'm bad. So recognize, does that happen in this one example? And then let's pause, okay? And I'll try to apply, what is the story of the saints? Because the story of the saints that we got from our readings were that trauma happens, like that could be persecution, insults, uttering every kind of evil against you falsely because of me, uh, but some kind of bad thing happens. 
then there's a process of kind of repenting, of, of, of process of persecution, a process we have to go through to recognize, you know, or whatever, our own, the ways we've been hurt or hurt others, or whatever that needs to happen, but a, a process of purification and, and making that path decision, right, of turning to good, to love, to grace, to mercy, to, to rather than becoming Magneto or some villain. Um, right. And in order to, to enter into this, this, accept this identity given to us in our baptisms, given to us, confirmed in our confirmations, given to us as children of God, right? And that we are before the throne and that we're still discovering who we're going to be because we'll be fully aware of it in his presence. So that's our path. <clears throat> There's a lot there, I know. But how can I see is my law, is, is what happened to me, does it fit somewhere in that path? And so now, can I apply the story of the saints and see it, this problem, this difficult time, in a new way? And it might be as simple as, um, that was a really bad thing that happened. Um, I want, I feel shame. I want to go to I'm bad. But instead, <coughs> excuse me. I want to, I, instead I recognize um, I was loved by God and that he sees my hurt and he sees my heart and he sees my pain and he treasures it. And he looks at me and he says, you know, I can see your heart. I can see the ways you've tried to make peace. I've seen how you have, despite everything, turned to me as best as you could you are my child you are um yours is the kingdom of heaven even though i know the bad stuff you've mistakes you've made i know about those things i mean the part of the purification would be to confess those but i know all that and yet you are my child and you will inherit the kingdom of god to me you can't ask for a, a more beautiful metaphor <laughs> a more beautiful truth than that <clears throat> wow well thank you for that jerry and again sometimes if you're struggling with that i would say go to your guide you know whoever is sort of with you on this journey like whoever god has put in your life because yeah. that person can also help you with what you might be stuck with yeah um, yeah so well doc peter has been fun uh seeing been great you today. yeah We've it's got lots of good stuff. And mentioned your uh, your podcast. Yeah, the, uh, the yeah the coronavirus TV. crisis Car Carpe Diem podcast, and the, we're about to um, temporarily close off on November third. We're gonna no longer accept uh, new admissions to the Resilient Catholics Carpe Diem community. We're gonna hold off on that until 2021. So uh, if you if you love that podcast, if you've been thinking about it, jump in because you'll also be able to get the pricing from 2020 in 2021. We're gonna we're gonna be increasing the prices significantly in 2021 to be in the RCCD uh, community, doing a whole rollout of new programming in there. So if you're in uh, in November and December, you're going to be a part of that exciting development where we are bringing in so many new features and facets to the community. So mm -hmm. 
Wonderful. Yeah. Excellent chance to really bond with others, connect with others and grow spiritually like we're talking about. It's all about being resilient. And right now we're in the middle, as you had mentioned, on a big sequence on shame, Mm -hmm. which has been really moving a lot of people. A lot of stories coming out, a lot of people sharing their journeys, a lot of people experiencing uh, connection on, on their journey. So it's a beautiful thing. Yeah. Wonderful. And, you know, check out our courses. I would want to point out the Be Called course in particular. If you're struggling with discernment, maybe a religious vocation or wanting, you know, Catholic ministry, you know, like one of the beautiful ones like Focus or any other Catholic ministry, and and you're trying to like figure that out, this is a course that is designed to help you kind of work through issues of anxiety and depression and maybe addictions and to kind of give you a roadmap, a life plan to really build a new story. For the as you move forward into this next phase of, of your life if you're discerning vocation now so be called is with dr mark lafke and yep. uh and i'm there with him and uh, he does a wonderful job of exploring those topics all right um well i guess we'll be till next time we'll see this is our episode 50 if you've listened to us till now you have heard all 50 episodes i don't know i want to send you something like like a, a beautiful vase of flowers or something or bottle wine thank you for being with us and uh, we appreciate all of your support and share the word if you would subscribe like share tell people about our ministry because we really do uh we're trying to make a difference and uh we would love to to to, to get, reach more people all right until next time be still Believe. Be loved. Be loved. God bless you all.